0: Life Audio. Hey, it's time for Cynthia Garrett's Girl Club. I'm Cynthia Garrett, and I will be right with you in just a moment after this.
1: Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth.
0: Hello everybody. Welcome to Girl Club. I am Cynthia Garrett and if you were with us last week, you eh, then you're going to probably be even more impacted by this week's conversation. But I will say this much, if you weren't listening last week, then you need to quickly back your podcast up and make sure you watch the first part of this conversation to understand the levels and the depth of you know, what we've been talking about, which has been, you know, very real talk about a very real issue. And we are real girls who want to walk in real faith. So we've been pulling apart what it looks like to actually go through identifying whether or not you're dealing with like just being burnt out. You know, there's a lot of words you might put on this, being overwhelmed, being, you know, in a frenzy, you can't take it anymore, just upset with God, you know, all of these things kind of accompany burnout, upset with other people, you know, the, the different stages, the different ways to identify whether you're dealing with it. We kind of got into last week and we went through the different stages of it. And the end result is that when you're in the advanced stages of just being burnt out, whether it's with ministry, with faith, with your career, with life around you, you end up exhausted and depleted a lot of people even have physical symptoms um, that they experience. But it's interesting because we were talking about, you know, how you get out of it, right? And we know that, you know, I think the the, the biggest insult to Jesus, you know, yet he didn't get burnt out and give up his mission for us is when his uh, his disciples fell asleep in the garden on him, you know, and he was like, you know. Hey, can't you even stay awake with me for one hour? You know, and they were burnt out. You know, they were overwhelmed, clearly. But then again, there was him and he was sweating blood, you know. And he even said, you know, Father, if this cup could pass from me. But he didn't, you know, reject the cup of dying and suffering for us because he knew the great reward that he was going to receive. And so in all of that, you know, Nova and Christina and I have been having a great conversation. You guys know Nova Page and you know Christina Reynolds, and we're going to get them in in the studio right now. Hey, you guys. Hello. Yeah. And I just, so I want to set up kind of, before we started the podcast today, you guys, where we were going and, you know, we started really talking about how, you know, people can push through. Their whole life, especially in ministry or in trying to be a good Christian, you know, trying to do good to others, trying to be, you know, good at your career or trying to be good at your job. A lot of times people can just soldier on, you know, and, and, you know, my mom is very much purely of a generation that just soldiers on. Um, You know, I've got a little bit of the soldier in it. I think I have a little bit more balance in it though, you know, because I also was the generation that was like, no. You know, I'm going to go to therapy and work out some of these things at a certain point in my life. Um, and then I learned, you know, that I went to inner healing, you know, to work out certain things and and to the Word of God. But that said, what I noticed, you guys, and, and this is where we were going before we started the podcast, is that a lot of people, I think, get very much into what they can do to get past this and. They they then start dealing with themselves. And it just hit me so clearly, you know, what what the Bible says. And I'm going to send you guys to Galatians 3, 3, but I'm going to read Galatians 3, 2 to 4. And basically here, you know, the question is presented. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish after starting in the spirit that you're now trying to finish in the flesh? Have you suffered so much for nothing if it really was for nothing? I love this because it reminds me that, number one, it wasn't our works or our actions or trying to combat the sin that we were in when we were rescued by Christ. It wasn't our you know, works or our actions and efforts that got us saved. You know, it wasn't. It was that we heard the gospel, we encountered Christ, and we believed by faith. We believed by faith. That's it. That was the prerequisite. And that believing by faith has caused us to change our lives in response to our faith and our love for Christ that he gave us first. And it's never going to be like that we can battle being burnt out or overwhelmed or depressed or anything in the flesh. I I think that it's really true. After beginning by means of the spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Oh, That's good. That's really solid. That's really good. <clears throat> Hallelujah, for the Word of God. <laughs> yeah, can right. Read, can you read that again, Cynthia? just so I feel like everybody in the back.:
0: <laughs> Yeah, yes. totally.
1: I mean, and he literally just gave me mm-hmm. this just
0: as you know we were beginning and changing, you know mm-hmm. to set up for this week. But um, Galatians three verses two to four, I would like to learn just one thing from you: Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law, or by hearing, with faith? Are you so foolish after starting in the spirit? Are you now finishing in the flesh? Have you suffered so much for nothing if it really was for nothing? And then, you know, if you look at Galatians, I love Galatians three, two, and really think about that. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? We know that we heard by faith, but the, but the, the real big, you know, the, 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 the added layer on that is really we're being asked, are you so foolish as to think that you can finish in the flesh? What I began in you by faith in the spirit. Right. It's
1: only- that is hitting me. That is hitting me so hard right now because everything in me, Cynthia, as you're reading this, I'm like, I, I don't, I don't want to finish in the flesh. Like I got I, I don't. It's like almost like I just have this, like, it just came on me. Just this holy fear of like, no, 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 I don't. I don't want to do that. That's right. not what I want.
2: Right.
1: Honestly,
0: it's now that I, you know, I hear this and it's like, wow, this is why I stopped reading self-help books at a certain point in my life. Right. Oh, I, I, yeah. I wrote a TV series about a girl who literally lived her life according to self-help books. And because at that point in my life, I wasn't living my life according to the word of God by faith. And I, when I started diving into my faith, I realized these books are just written by people with human knowledge right. and human suggestions. But what they're trying to get me to do Is walk away from the spirit again into my flesh and heal myself in the flesh, and Mm -hmm. I can't do this. Mm -mm. I can't. I I can't do it, and they can't do it for me. And the only way the work in me is going to get done is in the spirit. And that and my cry began to be, "Okay, God, you have my, you have my heart and my spirit. Finish me, fix it." And and Mm -hmm. in that cry, I had to learn patience because. He didn't want to fix it sometimes right away in the time frame I wanted him to. For real. Right. Sometimes I think there was a purpose to him going, no, you need to stew. And I think that stewing in like a, like a vegetable in soup was to add more flavor to the soup. It was to make me a correct ingredient to what he wanted to create through me or with me. And and I realized like, even now, like as, re- as I read that I'm sitting here going, okay, what am I actually trying to finish in the flesh that I need to be turning over the spirit right now? Cause I don't, cause I know one thing about finishing in the flesh, you guys, it doesn't get us into heaven. And the reason why it's right there with that other scripture is because what he's saying is you did not get my spirit because of your work in the flesh. Mm. In fact, I delivered you from your works in the flesh and put your eyes solely on me. You only have me because of a work of my spirit.
2: Wow. I feel like that is so freeing. Like I feel, I feel so like liberated when I hear that, you know what I mean? Because, and I, I feel like this is some, this is like something that we all as Christians have to work through, you know? You know, we, you know, that immediate like, wow, God saved me out of my drug addiction, out of my paganism, my outright, you know.
0: Rebellion. You
2: know, my, yeah, my rebellion. He saved me out of like the, this lowest point where you're like, oh, God, how I, you know, you're, you're in awe of his mercy and of his like kindness. And then and then and then, and then you, you get to know him. And all of a sudden, like, I think that I can do this on my own. I mean, this is hands down like, and and for like younger believers as well, like this is like by the book, how we like how our focus switches and how our mentality switches. So to me, I'm going, oh, what a good reminder because it's not actually in my hands to do. And I like, you're telling us about your mom and how she has that, like that grit in her. I'm just gonna do it till the end and I'm gonna, you know, make it work. My mom is exactly the same. She came to this country when she was 12 She separated from her her dad, like since she was nine. So she worked as like mama at home because her mom had to work like three jobs at 12 years old. She never like, so she learned, I just have to like grip my teeth and work hard. And she is so tough. That woman is so strong. She has suffered so much, but now that now that she's almost turning 70, I'm seeing the Lord go, you know, after she's been able to retire and take a pause and like, now have all this mess in front of her that she's like suppressed for 70 years. You know, the Lord going, but it's about like what you what this verse is saying, but it's by my spirit. And I'm seeing him soften her and like cause her to come alive in certain ways. So like when I hear this, Cynthia, I feel so liberated, you know, to go back to that place of, wow, this was all by your grace. This was all by your mercy. I've never come up with anything good on my own to be honest Nothing that good, and uh, yeah,
0: you know it's it's really I mean Christina, it's like you say, you know, but i've I've never come up with anything that good on my own, right? I don't think we're capable of it, I mean, as creators, like the three of us are all very creative, and I know that in my creativity, I'm very aware when I'm in the zone and they call it the zone, right? Creatively. It's, it's that place where you know that God has taken over whatever it is you're doing and contributing. And it's not you anymore. It's the Lord flowing through you. He's giving you the song or he's giving me the book or the script or the whatever it is that I'm working on, the painting.
2: Yeah, I, for sure. And that's something that I've been like longing for to come back to is that flow and that's i've only been in that flow when i've been in that really intimate communion with the lord it could just be like reading his word or worshiping just me and him and all of a sudden it's like lyrics come up it's like i can't even make these things up everything rhymes everything is deep it's somehow it's somehow expressing exactly how i feel in this moment or you know and i i think that's what i have been mourning um the most while finding my way out of burnout is because being in that place of burnout quenches that, that flow of like, you know, that busyness that I was talking about in last week of like that busyness of like giving me artificial significance in life is actually quenching my ability to flow with the Lord in my craft, in my gifting. And I've literally been mourning that, like what you're talking about, Cynthia, because I've, only had little spurts of that over the last year. And I know like now that I've huh, come to like, wake up that like, oh, this is my problem, you know, so. But is it right? But I
0: ask you, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I'll i challenge you on that one. Is it, is it your burnout that's quenching that? Or is it that you're trying to finish in the flesh what he began in the spirit? A gift is a gift. If he hasn't whispered in your ear, Maybe it's because he's got another season to whisper more in your ear because of the current season. Maybe the burnout is about the next 29 songs that you're supposed to write. And because you're trying to get out of it in the flesh and not the spirit, you're missing God whispering songs and for the journey. Songs for the journey. I think that was the name of your first album.
2: Yeah, it was. I, I definitely think that, It can be both like I I think in our podcast, you know, a couple months ago or even six months ago, we were talking about just kind of like the metamorphosis of a caterpillar becoming a butterfly and just that time of being hidden away in the chrysalis. And you literally are dying. You're like that caterpillar is melting and it's consuming itself. Everything except it's like vital organs and being completely reshaped and refashioned to this beautiful, like flies above, you know, everything type of creature. And I I do think that there is a difference between like burnout and then being in a place where the Lord is like, no, we're going to kill some things that don't belong mm-hmm. and that you're moving on to like another. Totally. You're leveling up, yeah. you know, and I don't know. I I think that for me, the burnout has come when I've maybe went too far into the death and embraced the death too much and made the death my home and have not been like, have not, I've died so much that I, even my belief died too. And my self-esteem, my self-worth died because I almost like focused too much on the death instead of going, oh, he's coming to like resurrect me or like create yes. something so beautiful beyond this and i yes. think it's like a year and a half or two years of dying that it's come to a place of burnout because i've embraced it too much right uh, does that make sense i don't know y- yeah don't know it does that. and it also
0: i mean a little bit of that may be about the ministry that you come out of where you spent a lot of your formative years where it is about because look it is it, you know Tim Keller said um, in a a message that Anna sent me, that is so brilliant. Um, Basically, it was kind of like if I don't go up to speak in the spirit, then every Sunday I'm dying on, you know, on the pulpit, you know. And I heard that and it kind of hit me because what he was really talking about was how we try to create significance in the flesh, Our flesh is always looking for ways to create significance. Now, as a believer, what happens is the enemy has to fool us because we know that humility and dying to the flesh is the thing, right? We've embraced that as part of our faith. So what can happen, though, is we can basically be doing the same thing, trying to create significance in the flesh, but we're doing it in the kingdom of God as believers. So we start doing things that are maybe about creating importance or significance in our flesh, and they're good on paper because they're God things. But what reason are we doing the
2: thing? Because right. Is it? The ego? 100%. Yeah. yeah. Is it it's,
1: it's interesting, you guys, because I was reflecting on last week, and something that, you know, Christina, you were sharing I'm just about like significance along those lines. And God like pop this question. Is it okay if you are only known by me as a right? As artists, as people who express, is it okay? If you Nova, if you Christina, if you, you Cynthia, is it okay if you are only known by me? How does that feel inside yourself? And it is a deep question because Often we say as artists, like we want to share it with the world. We want to, right? And there's essentially there is nothing wrong with that. But like peeling back the layers, I'm like, for me, this is me asking: Is it okay, Nova, if if you're only really truly known by me? Is okay with you? Where do you well, sit with that? I don't know, you guys. No, you, you have
0: know? you have to ask yourself that question, Nova, and because and for all of you listening. You have to ask yourself that question because here's the deal. The gift of faith was a gift. You received it freely. So God doesn't owe you anything. He doesn't owe you fame. He doesn't owe you millions of viewers and followers. He doesn't owe you a new job. He doesn't owe you a promotion. He doesn't even owe you a spouse. We owe him a debt of service. He's the one who died for us. That's why the, 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 the scripture in the garden in Matthew is so powerful to me because Jesus was getting ready to give the ultimate gift to mankind and the homeboys who had been with him through the whole journey fell asleep on him when he was sweating blood. He was so stressed and scared and tortured inside. And they owed him everything. They owed him everything. They are they are known through history as the 12 apostles by name, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Peter, Paul. I mean, because of him. Because of him, because he chose them. Because he allowed them to walk with him. And because he died for us and them. And it's like yet in our service in the kingdom of God, or our service as believers, I think we often forget. And that's why we move into the flesh. Let me read this book. Maybe it'll help me. Let me go through this course. Maybe it'll help me. Is because we forget that we owe him just us. He gave us a free gift. So he's going to finish us because he chose to give us that gift for a reason. And he'll, he'll finish in the spirit what was begun in the spirit. We can't finish it. And us taking it out of his hands I think only delays the journey. It delays the journey toward the the ultimate, you know, place of peace and happiness and true joy. And I do think Nova, part of the question on that journey is, mm. is is this enough? You know, it's like like I always quote mm. the Jack Nicholson movie: "What if this really is as good as it gets?" Yeah. You know, what if this is it? I mean, we know the song Misty Edwards sang the song: "If I never walk on water." if I never see the miracles, if I never hear your voice out loud, God, will just knowing that you love me be enough to keep me near? Will just knowing that you love me be enough to keep me satisfied? I'm basically saying that I think for the majority of believers around the world today, it's not enough. Because Girl, if you said enough, it. It would be different.
1: It would be different. It would be so different, Cynthia. I'm like, man, what? what could it look like if we lived that way? What could it really look like? Yeah. What could this world really look like Yeah. if we, yeah. if we did it that way? I, yeah. I mean, it's mind boggling. I, you know, could we, and could we ask, I mean, with all like sincerity in our hearts, say like, God, what does it look like today for you to get glory and not me? Like not, I don't want any of it, you know? Well, um, right. I, What does that look look like?
0: What I'll tell you a little bit of what I think it looks like. It's when Abraham laid Isaac on the altar and Isaac looked at him and said, father, is there nothing you won't give him? Like dad, I'm your son. You're getting ready to slay me here because God, your God told you, is there nothing that you won't do? Like I could just see the bewilderment in a way and the awe. You know, the awe of my father truly listen will listen to God and the bewilderment, bewilderment of my father's going to hurt me because he trusts that God will make this okay. Is there nothing you won't do? And Abraham says, there's nothing, son. Like, you know, from the cheesy movie, you know, that scene is so powerful to me because when you really think about it, God owes us nothing. We owe him everything. The work he began in us was an act of the spirit. It was a free gift. And we believed by faith. We can't earn any more faith by our works. We can't do anything to get him to save us. It's our belief in faith. But that means that there's nothing that he can't ask of us. Period. If he asks us to live in obscurity, okay, we're his, we're servants. And we know that he loves us enough that if he asks us to sacrifice our son on an altar, the son through whom he promised to make, you know, Abraham, the father of all these, you know, millions of of descendants as more than the stars in the sky. Well, then God had to have a comeback plan. He had to have something planned where Isaac was going to resurrect. The whole symbolism there is about the resurrection of Christ. it's about the you know God sending his Son to die for us, but it plays itself out on the human level in a way that really makes me realize like he does not expect to get a no from us for whatever he's asking us to do
1: dang yeah he's expecting our yes
0: exactly exactly and we hold back our yes because we're afraid we're burnt out we feel overwhelmed we feel depressed we feel angry at him we feel sad we feel overlooked we feel unseen we feel unvalidated where are the millions of people that i had on secular network television you know we feel all these things and so we hold back our yes and i find myself asking myself is that the greatest act of rebellion ever who am i to withhold my yes He doesn't owe me anything. He gave me everything. And our our flesh focuses on the here and the now. God's focused on our eternity with him, which then makes me say, okay, then I have a faith problem. What I say I've received by faith, I've only halfway received. Because if I did, I wouldn't be looking at this life here. I would be looking at my life eternally. And my life eternally, I have only because I said yes to Christ. I don't have to do anything mm-hmm. more except live and be happy and do the things I want to do and enjoy my life and laugh a lot more and cry yes. a lot more.
1: Yes. Yes. So good. I mean, it's such perspective, isn't it Cynthia? Like Yeah. It, it it this is this is a conversation that I feel like really makes me feel human and it it validates that you know, we all kind of ask those questions you know um, we ask those questions of ourselves, and I don't know, like peeling it back. It's like, yeah, I guess it is okay. Only to be known by you, Lord. It's, it's more than enough that I, that it's more than enough. It's more than, and that, that eternal perspective, like, like, Ricky and I talk about this and I've shared it a, probably a million times, but just, he always is like, no, but if you get praise before a man, you don't get it in heaven. So it's like, is that all, you, that's all you get. I yeah. don't want that. That stinks. Like, and his, his perspective is just so eternally minded and yeah. he really means it. Yeah. Like I watch it. And I'm like, oh man. And I, I, I definitely admire it. That's for sure. Well,
0: that his mercy is so big. Like his mercy, mm-hmm. you know, he has mercy on us. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I but
1: this is the human experience, right? So, right. You know, like, this is the human experience. We all go through this because we do want to be significant we, because we are told, you know, by like, like we are created for a purpose. So we want to live out that purpose. I think where we get this struggle is the purpose of us feeling really good about ourselves or the purpose <laughs> of Christ and, and mm-hmm. sharing the gospel and sharing the love of Jesus so that people come to him.
0: Yes. Right. The, pur- the purpose of us feeling really good about ourselves or the purpose of us <laughs> feeling really good about Christ.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, I I think it's also revealed, like exposing the fact that I don't know if I actually believe that he, you know enjoys me is like yeah i want you to, i i want you for myself cuz he's like oh if that was just your purpose just to be you so that i can enjoy you like i think that just shows my own lack of understanding of like wait you enjoy me and like what like what does that even mean you know what i mean like yes like, do you remember Cynthia you shared like a couple months ago um that one songwriter nightbird who yes. on America has got talent. Yep. And she wrote this beautiful blog post to all the singers and the, the songwriters and the speakers and the writers and this and that about, about whether you are in front of a million eyeballs or you are on the back of a mountain in the middle of nowhere, it is worthwhile to go for greatness, even in secret, because greatness has nothing to do with fame. And, and her man talking about having a higher calling for going after greatness. So even that is like, I'm being reminded, I'm going, wow, over the last like six months, I've even forgotten about that and have confused greatness with like numbers and, you know, you know, what, what the world would define as fame or success and how like greatness is viewed so differently in the Lord's eyes. And it it has nothing to do with eyeballs on you at at all.
0: you know, at all. It's easy to say we serve a God who goes after the one until we're in the position of service with one. You know, I mean, and especially when you know, wait, he gave me all these gifts and these talents and he's using them for one. Well, there should be millions and one, you know, and the thing is, we don't really know. We don't know whether there are millions or whether there is one who's getting it, who's seeing it, who will get it, who will see it. You know, that, that's the, it's the interesting thing, you know, to me about the world we live in today in terms of social media is, you know, I was, I was telling you earlier, like I, you know, Anna's in this exercise of compiling numbers and audience and, and it's an exercise because I don't care because I don't look at it, you know, because, It might shift my focus away from, well, what if Jesus is asking me to go after the one? I want to be content with that because I know what it's like to play the ratings game. I was on secular network television. You know, I got hired by NBC network and given my own late night show after Jay Leno and Conan O'Brien because I went on the show and popped two tens. A 10 share rating was the highest rating you could get you know, at a certain point in TV land history. And I nailed it twice in a week and that did not happen, you know? And so it was like, oh my gosh, we found the secret sauce. But then you realize there's no secret sauce. I mean, you also have nights where you get a one. People are fickle. Fame is fickle and fleeting and worldly fame is the most fickle and fleeting because, Now you're in the flesh trying to create something, a pedestal for your gift, but you're dealing with other people who are in
1: the flesh. So challenging. That's the tough part about the music industry. And, you know, Christina, you've walked that road too, but just... You know, like, I think both of our hearts are just like, I just want to make a difference in this world. But somebody's telling you, yeah, but in order for you to like, get out there for real, you need to like, do this, 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 and this. And then it changes. They want to change everything about you and how, and how you move out in this world in surrender to the Lord. And then it's like, it's not worth it.
0: Because they're in the flesh trying to finish a work that they don't even understand
1: was started in the spirit because
0: they don't even Boom. know the spirit. <laughs> No. True. <laughs> <laughs> uh. that's why we're we have to be so much extra which is why women like your mom christina and my mom really are such an inspiration to me because they knew i have to soldier on and god knew i need you to soldier on daughter and there will be a time where you don't have to soldier on and we can deal with each other differently and maybe your mom's in a different season of her life in her 70s but man i want to get to my 70s and had and 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 have soldiered on and then go okay lord let me take a chill lap with you and understand some other things because if satan can take us out early or get us to pause for too long you know my my you know we spoke about the need sometimes, you know, if you're experiencing burnout and all of the symptoms that go with it, that lead to a great fatigue on your heart, your mind and your soul. But my my concern, you know, and I I think I shared this with you the other day, Christina, is always that the pause will become an elongated season because the enemy also tries to work in the pause, just like God is trying to work in a pause. Right. And I. Yeah. I love that saying. I don't know if you guys remember this. Um, Oh, who said it? I don't know if it was someone like an Irma Bombeck or something cheesy like that. And it was basically about, you know, she was at a person's funeral and it said, you know, like 19 whatever dash, you know, 2, 19 whatever. And all of a sudden she focused in on the dash. And the reality was that it's really all about the dash. It's about what you do in between the day you're born and the day that you die. That's the significance. Everything that's unspoken on a tombstone that only God knows. And a few people maybe who experienced it with you. Very few people know what the dash is really about, you know. And that was, that's so deep to me because it's about the dash. It's about the journey, you know, and songs for the journey. I mean, okay, Christina, this is kind of blowing my mind that that's the name of your first album. Because truly, you guys, he didn't say songs for the happy season. He didn't say songs for the season when you've worked through your burnout. He didn't say songs for the season when you don't have poison ivy and you're laying in bed crying. He said songs (laughs) for the journey. Because in the journey, everything that's coming out of you is a weapon in your tool belt to break the kingdom of darkness for other people. So if your love of, of those other people and you realize Hey, you're going to get this, this began in the spirit It's going to have to, you know, get perfected in the spirit and in the spirit and continue in the spirit. Then while you're in that dash and you're in the struggle and in the cocoon, you're not in a dark place. You're truly stretching your wings. They're getting vibrant colors, which may look like you're still writing songs. You're still writing books. You're still doing paintings, even when no one is looking in that dark place because those will probably be the most brilliant things that will ever be revealed about your wings when the cocoon goes away and the light is there. Truly, everything I've ever done in the darkest places of my life are the things that impact people the most. They're the things that bring me the most joy because I look at them and I go, wow, that was deep. Because in the dark place, nobody can be deep except Jesus. All you feel is, i just hate my life and i want to give up and i don't think god sees me and i'm really really bummed right now that's all i see i just see my pity party but then i look and i go you brought all this stuff out of me god in this horribly unfruitful season so i thought
1: yeah i i i mean i i i I think um i i something just popped in my spirit like you know Getting back to that journey, I think in a journey, I mean, I, I think of for some reason, I'm thinking of it in like a desert, but wherever you, you know, like, say, so you take a journey, <laughs> yeah. you're going to need time for shade. You have to stop and, and drink water. You have to sleep. You, you, there are times when you look up at the stars at night. So there is so much. And this is to me like peeling back to, like the transformation process, but also the spiritual discipline. I I don't want to like throw away the idea that rest is not important. It's so important because we have to learn the ebb and flow of understanding what true rest is, not laziness, not giving up, not saying throwing in the towel, but the true rest. And I think that piece, like, I don't want people to miss, like the spiritual disciplines are so important. And. And resting and Sabbath and fasting and all those things and pausing are, they're actually what makes us stronger for the journey. Yeah. So yeah. I, I just don't want to get lost. I don't want that idea to get lost in this conversation because I know for me, I needed those things. I had to, but they may, they, because I rested true, truly, and, and I'm still in process, but that is what that's what helps make me stronger. So I think I, I, I know I just wanted to throw that out there and just so it's that oh. piece isn't getting, because we can muscle through and I know how to muscle through Cynthia. I do. And I know how to just freaking go for it, like suck it up and go. And I don't think Jesus ever tells us to suck it up. No. He says, be with me, rest, sit in my arms, come to me. You, you like, so I am super. I am passionate about that because I know that if we don't, we will end up in burnout completely and we will be on the sofa, not because we're not bad people, but because we didn't pay attention to the rest and all of those spiritual disciplines.
0: Well, the re- mm-hmm. but the rest is, you know, even in the garden, you know, Jesus left the disciples when they were asleep and he went away to pray after he went to wake them up and, you know, expressed his exasperation. Yes. Right. Yeah. Well, but I think the rest is part of the soldiering on.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're saying the same thing. Yeah. I think that we are yeah. saying the same thing. Yes. It's the rest yes. is a part of soldiering on. That's what yes. the rest is. Because without it, then we're doing it. We're doing it in our flesh. In our
2: flesh. Right?
1: right. Like that's yes. what we're taking it back. to And like we're trying to finish it in the flesh. And it's like, no, no, you have to finish this in the spirit. And the spirit yes. says, rest, come weary one." lay with me, be with me, stay with me, remain in me. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good.
0: Yeah. And I think our challenge is just to always know that what we're doing, we're getting in the spirit. We're mm. not, you know what I mean? We're not, you know, but there are times when I will rest in my flesh. Oh and, yeah. And, 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 you know, what does that t- look like? Netflix. It looks
1: like, like four <laughs>
0: oh. more TV shows in the day yeah. has passed me by. And I'm like, now you know you oh, need yeah. to cancel this. You know that this was so- yeah. like, you know, you could have done this or you need to do that. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I okay. yeah. 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 You need to like define what rest is. It's not what we say is self care. I think it's good. You need to treat yourself every now and then. But right. self care can take, it, it can go a little bit too far and become. Right. What, like what you're saying, Cynthia, is like giving up and just, you can give up in a really like nice way and it yeah. looks like good on the outside, you know? Right. Well, I,
1: think, I right. think it's self-reflecting, recognizing what is it that, how I'm wired, what do I, what do I need? What yeah. do I actually need to, yeah. to walk through this and feel strengthened and feeling nourished and, right. and being able to self-reflect and ask yourself that question? Yeah. What do I need? Right. Not what do I want? That mm-hmm. will like the bonbons that make me just so happy, and chocolate and coffee, and all, no, what do I need?
2: Right, that's yeah. So,
1: so it's good. That's so good
0: because the what do I want? If you get it, the enemy will use it, and you might get content in what you want, and still not be doing
2: what mm-hmm. you need to do. With no, them. that's one hundred percent. that's yep. accurate. Yeah, <laughs> I said that shopping have you ever heard of like going shopping online Shopping?
0: oh oh, oh.
2: it's it's no oh okay you guys
0: all right true confessions I, I could be a comedy show about online shopping like to the point where there's seven or eight boxes at the front door nine ten boxes at one time and Roger will look at me and go really like I can't even get in the door for the boxes and and then you got to open them all up so then they're all over the place I can't even put them in a trash can I have to take them to the dump and physically dump them the online shopping thing (laughs) coupled with the fact that as I've gotten older I just you know I don't really love to go shopping and try on clothes and blah blah blah. I like to send it all to the house in multiple sizes (laughs) figure it out and then return what I don't want and it's a distraction from the pit of hell i will just say it it really is 9 times out of 10 i am distracting myself because i could if i could be spending that time in the word i could be spending that time praying and waiting on the lord because those who wait on the lord will renew their strength and they will rise up on wings like eagles and they will run and not grow fear, or walk and not grow weary, run and never faint. You know, whatever, right? I paraphrase that quickly, guys, but you know the <laughs> scripture. And waiting on the Lord looks different than sitting in front of the internet online shopping or whatever right. distraction we do. It does, you know, sitting and being silent with the Lord, which kind of goes back to the exercise you gave us last week, Nova, as a cure to burnout which I'd love it if you would read it again before we close, because I'd love for all of you listening to really take this challenge on and, and do it. And, you know, when we get back with you, you know, I'd love to hear if it's actually helped you to feel refreshed and renewed any.
1: Yeah, this this piece comes from um, actually uh, somebody who coached me. His name's Terry B. Walling. Just to give him some credit for this, that's for sure. But um, so the exercise uh, looks like this. It's um, uh, yeah, a practical exercise taken from track, but it is um, five to ten minutes of just silence, just sitting in silence. And if you have ever <laughs> tried to do this for real. It is a struggle. It is challenging to be and stay silent. And, and how, and I did another practical piece of this is when things come, I look at, there's just a river in front of me. And if some thought comes, I just let it, I just let it go down the river. So I just begin in silence. And I take, you know, you take about five, 10 minutes and then you read Luke 15 uh, verses three through seven. And you read that over several times. So you, you start with that silence, you be quiet, you read the scripture, and then you return to silence for like about another five or 10 minutes. And then, um, after that, those moments with the Lord, then you ask yourself these, these questions and they are really important questions to ask yourself. And the first one says, what does your story say about how God feels about you? And, um, and, you know, this might. This, I think I would say you should journal those thoughts out. What does my story say about how God feels about me? Like, what have I gone through? And then the second uh, reflective question is, um, if you could improve your relationship with Christ in one way, what would it look like? What does that look like for you? And um, this is a way to uh, just kind of dig a little deeper um, with the Lord and be reflective and and ask yourselves, we get in this busy, busy, busy mode of life, and we do, do, do. And I think this solitude, this silence, this asking, and this self-reflection causes us to go, in the end, it's, we're asking our ourselves questions about how God sees us and how we want to be closer to him, what could improve that relationship. And that is always a setup for not fixing things in the flesh, but moving with the spirit, just like you shared, Cynthia. Mm
0: perfectly said no, perfectly said. And you know, it's, it's interesting. Cause when you ask the question, I kind of thought about it this time, like, well, what does the story of my life say to me? And it is, it, it's really powerful to realize. And I know this without a doubt that what God says to me about the story of my life is nothing like what I have often said to myself about the story of my life or what I have interpreted other people or their actions or treatment of me as having said about the story of my life. Because when I really think about my life and God rescuing me and giving me the gift of faith and taking me, being with me through all the things I've been through, you know, good and bad. What does he say to me? He says, I am his, his princess you know i am his daughter i am i am spoiled and blessed and favored and i got to tell you guys those are not the words that anyone on the outside looking in or even i would put on my life at some of the moments and some of the dark thing, dark moments and dark you know tunnels and cocoons that i've been in Those are not the words that I would have used then. And they're not the words that anybody else would have used then. But all in all, that is always the song that God has sung over me. And it's always the song that God has sung over each and every one of you listening. And over the two of you, Nova and Christina, I know it. You know, I know it because I think one of my gifts is that God has always allowed me to see not just the good in people, but the gift in people the purpose in people, you know, the true, like, this is where they could be, you know, if, and, and, and the opposite, you know, a lot of times, you know, because I had to learn this lesson from my husband and my son who are greatly prophetic, the gift of the gift of prophecy is, is, you know, it's subject to the prophet, right? So, you know, and words of knowledge, you know, you pray on them because some things should not be delivered because sometimes what I get is, Whoa, if you do this, 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 and this is gonna happen, and it's bad. And I I God allows me to see that. And what my son told me to do, because I used to just say it like, no, da 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 And my and, and Christian taught me this lesson. He said, Mom, a lot of times what you get, God's giving it to you just to go pray against it for someone. Just go Amen. pray that, You know? It's true. Yeah. And and because we never know how the enemy is working on someone, you know, and this is really a word for a lot of people listening. We don't know. You don't know how the enemy is actually condemning and breaking a person down in their mind. Right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times I think the best thing we can do is to go and just pray, pray that that person understands that they received by faith and in faith, God will do the rest of it. And there's nothing they have to do in the flesh. Mm. There are no works to earn your way into the favor of being God's daughter or son. You just are. And that should give you something to boast about and to feel confident and, and proud in. Yeah, It's not by works. You, you receive faith. And it's a work that started in the spirit. And ain't we lucky that we got chosen? you know, truly. So unless either one of you has a a closing comment for the week, I think we're probably going to pop off in a little early this week and leave you guys with a lot to think about. I hope, you know, these last two weeks of conversation, I think have been really powerful, you know, and um, I love you guys. And we, Yeah. And, and, and Hey, for all of you listening, we're on your side. We're on your side. So thanks for joining us for this particular talk here on girl club. I'm Cynthia Garrett with Nova page and Christina Reynolds, and we'll see you guys next time. Mm